Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley. And we're the Theme Parkettes. Find out more about us, our store, Ashley's travel planning services, and more at MainStreetInspirations.com. Today we have yet another special edition with a special guest. Here on the line with us is writer-director Brian Cavallaro. Say hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. So excited. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. here. And thank you for joining Jessica on yet another scary event that I would probably be afraid to do. Probably be afraid. You definitely would have been afraid of Halloween Horror Nights. Brian and I went to Universal Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights together. We did not have free tickets. We had to buy our own tickets this time. (laughs) But we went last weekend and we're here to tell you all about it. Uh, Let me tell you just a little about Brian. Like I said, he's a writer-director and friend of mine from college. We go way back and uh, he hung out with Ashley and I once at Disney in Orlando, Magic Kingdom in Orlando when we went to, was that Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party? Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I know. We just all happened to be there at the same time. And I said, you got to come meet up with me and Ashley. And he showed up because that's the kind of spontaneous guy that Brian is. No brainer. And then we waited around for Jack Sparrow for about two hours, twice. But yes, we went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood, Brian and I, and Ashley is going to interview us. And I'm going to learn all about how much I would have probably cried and or thrown up or peed my pants if I had joined you guys on Friday. So I'm very excited to be on the interview side. The answer to that, spoiler alert, is a lot. (laughs) You know, when I looked online and I looked at this year's theme, I was into part of it and then some of the others I was... There was, was kind of like so an into. 80s theme this year, a little bit, like a kind of underlying 80s theme with the Stranger Things and Ghostbusters mazes. And um, I think the t-shirt this year had like an arcade theme to it, like the branded Halloween Horror Nights t-shirt on the back of it listed all of the mazes on an, uh, an old school arcade looking game. And then it turns out Brian and I didn't realize this. And if we had, we definitely would have gone to Throwback Thursdays. Because apparently if you go on Thursdays, it's all, the entire thing is 80s themed. And they play 80s music and Beetlejuice and uh, somehow And even the that. Us Maze, right? That's for, that's very 80s. They, Hands Across America took place in 1986. Yes. I know. Oh, that's so right. I know. <laughs> but there was also House of a Thousand Corpses. Did I read that? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's been around a couple years I now. probably would have appreciated that one only because Rob Zombie is from my hometown. Oh, he's from Haverhill? Yeah, he's from Haverhill, Massachusetts. Graduated from Haverhill High. He probably hasn't been back since he left. All right, Jessica and Brian. That's our names. (laughs) (laughs) We've established that. Talk to me about your Friday night. Give me all the the logistics. All right. Uh, Logistics are, our tickets had early entry. Yep. Uh, If you buy your tickets, if you're an annual pass holder... And you buy your ticket, it comes uh, automatically, I believe, with early entry, which means that you're allowed to get in at six o'clock. So what they did, or what they do, I guess, is the park is open during the day, but unlike Six Flags, where everybody can just stay and you get a special wristband to go on mazes, they empty out the park. 
and you have to have a separate ticket to go to Halloween Horror Nights. So if you don't have one, there is literally like a mass exodus. And everything that I'm talking about, I should mention to our listeners, if you follow us on Instagram at Main Street Inspirations, you can see in our highlights, I did a story, an Instagram story of my entire experience. And you can see I recorded the mass exodus. I mean, if you don't have a wristband on, they start kicking you out. And if you do have early entry, you go in and the first for the first couple hours, they're they're making you get a wristband so that you can see that you belong and you have to flash that thing everywhere. So they clear the park out of all the park goers. And as the lights start to go down, there are certain mazes that start early. Mazes like Stranger Things, Holidays in Hell, Us, Ghostbusters, Creep Show, Pandora's Box, and Frankenstein Meets Wolfman all start to open early. So if you can get that early entry, there's that's definitely a great thing because those lines, as we saw, they get long. They got very long. They get really long. Were there any opportunities to do like a front of line pass? Absolutely there were. It was way more expensive <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you paid this time jessica and didn't use your your media swagger to get yourself in because you, you got to see I'm you not. got to see what the people experience i know right this is the real this is the real this is not us and our elite status you know rolling through front of the line like i saw my friend harvey who i also saw at six flags fright fest i saw him again at halloween horror nights and he had a front of the line pass <laughs> And he got on everything, and um, we did not. So we actually, with our regular passes, even with getting in early, uh, we were only really able to do about four mazes. And how many mazes total? There's ten. There's ten of them. But they're, but part of the ten, they're counting the Walking Dead attraction. and that. Oh, and that's always there. That's always there. So that's cheating. Always there for Halloween Horror Nights or always there just in general? In, in general. They've got like a permanent maze at Universal Hollywood. Universal Hollywood, if for the listeners who's never been there, it's basically built into the side of a, of a mountain. So you have the upper level and the lower level. Where the lower level is where Jurassic Park and Transformers is. Are they just split between those two levels? Do they let you out on the back lot? Like, how does it How does it work? Oh, it was so cool how they did it, actually. Yeah, the mazes were pretty spread out. Over by where the Walking Dead maze is and, um, like, Minion, where the Minion ride is, that's where Holidays in Hell was. Over on the other side, going towards the studio tour, actually in the same line as the studio tour, they shut down the studio tour for Halloween Horror Nights this year. In previous years, the studio tour was part of the mazes. That would that was like something that you, you ride the tour and then you end up having to get off of it and walk and whatever. But instead, this year, they put us and Pandora's Box over there. Then on the lower level... Um, that's where the new Jurassic World ride is and Transformers. They had made the Baskin Robbins into a Scoops Ahoy in honor of Stranger Things, which was cool. And there was oh, a little Starcade mall area. But then Brian and I were delighted to discover that we were being told to go way past Transformers to get to a bunch of the other mazes, including Ghostbusters. When we looked on the map, remember, Brian, he was like, how far away is Ghostbusters? It looks like it's in Toluca Lake. Like, where are we? <laughs> We're over in Burbank. Where the heck are we? Sure enough, you go all the way into the back lot like New York Street and Europe, oh. where they do the tour. It was so cool because a bunch of mazes were down there as well as 
eateries, Halloween horror bites. <laughs> <laughs> we do love a good pun around here. <laughs> we love puns. And the Dia de los Muertos bar. But hot tip to everybody, those restrooms down at those mazes, those were trailers. So um, my hot tip for this episode would be use the restrooms in the park proper before you go <laughs> down to the back lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, those were not those were not my favorite. Were they part of the mazes? Were they scary? Were they haunted <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So when you guys say that the lines were really long, how do you do you know how long they are before you get in the lines? Can you like, is there a system that says the wait from here is 120 minutes or there is they have signs. Universal is really great about that. They have digital signs all around the park, uh, normally with their regular rides as well. And you were able to see right away what the different uh, wait times would be. And the app was pretty good, too. Oh, the app was The good. app would tell you how long the wait lines were as well. I never felt lost, but it was interesting how, you know, when you got to Transformers and they were like, go this way, and there's a sign this way, it, you did have that sense of like, where are we going? And I just kept pointing Wait, out that I was like, this is, yeah, I was like, this is a, it was like, this is a back door to a ride, you know, I was like pointing out uh, different things as we were walking, which was, was, which was fun. And I don't know what that tunnel normally is used for, but yeah, there's a, a tunnel that got you from point A to point B. Uh, it was called the Toxic Tunnel. And they themed yes. that. That was really fun. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that Ashley would have really hated because there was nowhere to, there was nowhere to escape. You know, once you're in that tunnel, that's it. And uh, they, nowhere to if run. you look scared, they're coming right for you. I feel like we should go through maze by maze. Yes. Tell me. Okay. So you get there, you park. Uh, yeah. So Jessica, I, I actually enjoy this theme park strategy stuff. And so Jessica, I think, did something really cool. She parked on Lancashire and took the tram up. I don't want to give that as a tip because I don't want people to know about it. We'll, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. This is my top secret <laughs> way of not paying for parking. No, the Universal now has built that beautiful bridge. And you're not supposed to park in the lot there because that's for the Metro. But if you happen to find street parking and you don't mind hoofing it a little, then you can walk over the bridge and you can take the tram up the hill. And not have to pay for parking, which is what I did. I'm very proud. It really only would work well if you were going to the theme park after 6 p.m. And that's just not very often. Yeah. So it doesn't work before? Like if uh, you go for the you, day? You'd have a meter issue. Right. Oh, right. Okay. So we got in, saw the people in the park emptying out. I, of course, was doing my thing. And I wanted to uh, check out because I had gotten there a, a little bit before Brian. So I checked out all of the merch and all of the food and beverage specialties. Anything fun? First of all, I love the merch at Universal. If you're a film nerd at all, they have a lot of really fun themed things like Bates Motel and Psycho, obviously, and Jaws. And they had a lot of, again, with the 80s, they had a lot of 80s like Atari type shirts and whatever. Um, but there were some really cute Halloween Horror Nights themed merch like I, my favorite was definitely the cotton candy for killer clowns from outer space if you know that movie that's like that's really funny because they they wrap the people in cotton candy before they eat them with a straw so i thought that that was really cute that they were serving like killer clowns cotton candy <laughs> this is not a thing i know and i loved they had halloween horror night socks inside 
boxes that look like VHS tapes that say Ghostbusters or different movies on them. That would have been a really fun souvenir to bring home to someone. And pins. They like Killer Clowns pins for those of you who are pin collectors. Uh, They're big on the devil horns, as Brian and I saw. All different kinds of light up devil horns and light up necklaces so if you brought something like that to the park you'd fit right in if you ordered a drink you had no choice but to take home a souvenir skull that was cool we both got them because we both got the drinks the drinks were themed um they had three event cocktails they were i wrote them down they were called the ecto slime which of course brian got as a big (laughs) ghostbusters fan the frankenstein skull and the zombie butterfly which i got they were all vodka based drinks either with crystal head vodka or three olives vodka depending on what you got and different flavored and then of course it had a light up skull very similar to the six flags fright fest light up skull actually Um, But this one was, you had to get it with the drink. There was no option to not get it. So we both got little souvenirs. And you had to carry them with you. We did have to carry them. This is when Jessica's Jessica's purse came in handy for me at this time. Yep. Did you did you wear a backpack or a crossbody? No, I wore a crossbody. Yeah, team crossbody. (laughs) That's two points. For Halloween Nights type events. You don't want to have something on your back. Like, you don't know if someone's jumping behind you and taking your wallet or your merch out of there. So, I just love that your biggest concern is somebody stealing merch out of your backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, merch is expensive at theme parks sometimes. I recently did a trip with the folks uh, who some some of them need uh, scooters to get around. Uh, We went to Disney World and... It was so awesome having a backpack on the back of a scooter and one with a solar panel on it that was charging our phones the whole time as well. The backpack oh. was like had a solar panel on the backpack. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so Okay. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. That's really great for theme parks. We might have to revisit that. Who would think I'd have such a good answer for that? That was a good answer. That was a good answer. I figured you'd be like, oh, I brought my Merce. <laughs> <laughs> Or have a the neck wallet. <laughs> the neck wallet. That's what it was. Jeez Louise. Anyway. So you guys you checked out the merch. Checked out the merch. We got I got my zombie butterfly and he got his ecto mango. I think I have one of everything. Yeah, Universal Halloween Horror Nights is very much um more of like an alcohol event. I mean, there's no children and there's alcohol stations all over the place. But some of these lines for rides are like, you know. We waited in 80 minutes for one and and they let us have our drink in line with it. But some of the lines didn't. And even even the walk from the lower lot to the mazes right before you went in the toxic tunnel, there were signs that were like no alcohol beyond this point. And all you did was just walk to another part of the park where they were just selling more alcohol. Yeah, that was weird, right? <laughs> it's like, no alcohol to walk from point A to point yeah. B. Yeah, exactly. It was like, no, no, you will not be walking and drinking. Where I remember Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando having like one of those yards of beer around my neck the entire time. (laughs) Oh, like you get in Vegas, like the yard, the big yard glasses. And so I don't know when that changed or if that changed, but that definitely felt a little restrictive. So anyway, the, the food. Okay. He ate mostly at the Simpsons land there was a taco truck also of note and we were probably going to get to this sooner or later but we can make it about the food i really enjoy eating at three broomsticks but what was the problem with that jessica that harry potter land was closed <gasps> what i know they what? didn't have harry potter land open for halloween horror nights so everything else was open except for 
in no. Harry Potter land. There were four rides open besides the Walking Dead maze, if you want to count that, because that's always open. The Simpsons ride, the Transformers ride, the uh, Mummy ride, which is like a roller indoor roller coaster, and the new Jurassic World ride. Those were the only rides that were open. No Harry Potter. And then, of course, no like minions. They really kind of closed off just everything sort of right before and after that outdoor playground because I guess they just didn't want people congregating over there. Mm-hmm. So unlike Six Flags with lots of little places without security, there's a lot of security at Halloween Horror Nights. There's a lot of people telling you where you can and can't go. Um, you know, there's not a lot of places to get lost. Uh, it's a lot of, you know what I mean? Keep it moving, stay here, and then... Uh, and then they basically that's why they opened that. But that I, huge I need back somebody, area, which I'm assuming. Ashley, you need to find out. Tell me, somebody needs to tell me why the Wizarding World is closed. There has to be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very surprised because by everything, that. Because I would think. Yeah, everything's very trafficy. There's very long lines for everything, all the mazes, all the rides. So why not open more stuff? to make the line shorter it seems like science right and it's not like that's not themed. the only thing i can think of this is universal's way of keeping it not family friendly <laughs> like it's really not appealing to to families with younger kids but still i mean for the the price i don't know i just i was kind of assumed i was going to get to go on the harry potter ride it's an indoor ride it's in the dark like it's not i mean it's scary maybe it's not on brand maybe or they didn't want the employees in that area they wanted to keep them in the world of hogwarts you know what i mean oh yeah maybe it's something like that they don't want to have to have monsters at hogwarts oh <laughs> zombie hogwarts zombie i think Hagrid. you're really so i think cool. you're really on to something wouldn't a zombie hagrid be awesome <laughs> you'd be like eating all the children this is exactly what the they don't want they don't want you saying this yeah <laughs> Putting the idea in everybody's mind. Biting the head off an owl and like tossing it. It's very not Harry Potter-like. Whatever. Although you could do a whole thing with with the Dementors. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Good to know. Don't expect to do any time in Harry Potter because it's not open. Okay. So then we did the mazes. The first maze we did was us. It was recommended to me by multiple cast members to do the us maze first whether that was a good suggestion or not i'm not totally sure <laughs> because we ended up waiting 80 minutes for oh. the ghostbusters maze but we only waited about i mean what 10 minutes for us what and later that that got to be an extremely long way i think it got up to like 150 minutes or something like that do you have to see the movie to understand the maze we can both answer this i would say yes i think that the my headline for Halloween Horror Nights is that it is truly a magical experience to be standing inside of a movie. I mean, that is the coolest yeah. thing ever. Oh, I like that. And okay. I, so, yeah, I would say you're really appreciating it if you had seen the movie. If you had not seen the movie, uh, you think you would be scared. So pretty yeah. creepy. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be scared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but maybe but perhaps like, a little confused. On? Yeah, maybe a little confused. The, the theme is maybe it doesn't make as much sense without having seen the film. So what is it like? Talk me through the Oh my the gosh. Maze. Well, I have to say, because we just recorded an episode about Fright Fest, and I have to I, I still stand by that Fright Fest was great and it was a great date night, a really fun night out, and we had a lot of scares and whatever. But then the very first maze I went to at Halloween Horror Nights was us, and my jaw was on the floor the entire 
maze. We didn't record. I didn't record inside that maze. I recorded inside most of the other ones uh, in terms of the in my Instagram stories. So you just see me before and after. And after my face is just like, uh, but that was me the entire time. You're going in and it's the vision quest from the film. If you haven't seen the film, there's definitely about to be some spoilers. Uh, I'll try to stay away from the spoiler big spoilers. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but vision quest and the the mirrors and the little girl with her head turned away and they're playing I got five on it which was awesome as you're walking in and you just are like oh my gosh I am in like Brian was saying you're standing in a movie you are in this film and the actors were incredible and the length of the maze was incredible and it brought you through every single beat of that movie so you were in and and so it's like you know oh no next is this and oh no next is this and I was in shock at a they were much longer than the mazes at Six Flags Fright Fest and again I don't mean to compare the two because I get that Universal has more like intellectual properties they get to do Stranger Things and they get to do us that that Six Flags doesn't get to do but This was so well done. The production design, the actors were just like the actors in the film. They looked just like them. It was, and they stayed in character and they were creepy as F. I was so (laughs) scared. Thank you for uh, censoring yourself. (laughs) So creepy. I was so freaked out. At the end, Brian will tell you that he lost me because of the very last room, which I will not spoil for you. And someone came after me. What do you mean they came after you? Like they chased you? Oh, they chased me. They came at me. And I was so scared that I ran back to rooms in the the maze. (laughs) I was so in it. I don't want to call Jessica out here, but this was the first time that I uh, lost Jessica uh, for many times. Because if uh, Ghoulie is coming at her, (laughs) she retreats into a corner. And I mean, I don't know. I don't understand how the lines ultimately don't get more held up from this sort of activity. I mean, I would just turn around. There's nobody behind me. I'm like, what happened? And Jessica's crouched in a corner. With... She's in downtown Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Were you not scared? Did you not scream? Uh, I actually don't know if you did because I wasn't paying attention. Because <laughs> you ran away. <laughs> I don't think I screwed. I think sometimes I would grab my chest like Red Fox, maybe, you know, uh, I, I'd make that move. But I don't. Like a heart yeah, attack? Yeah, like you're having yeah, a heart yeah. attack? Like a, little, okay. like a little, ooh, 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 you got me there. Uh, probably not a lot of screaming. But, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm a little jaded and I feel like if I'm walking forward, they're not going to stab me. So I just kind of keep going. But you go back and you wait for them to stab yeah. you. And therefore they start yeah. making these stabbing motions at you and it makes the whole thing even worse. Yeah. But they're not allowed to touch you, right? Just stab you. Only stabbing. <laughs> No hands, just just, just sharp objects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> just blades. Well, I will say, Jess, as much as as much as I don't want to make fun of the fact that you are running away, it does make me feel a little bit better because I would be a total disaster. It's fun to be scared. And you have to remember the actors who are jumping out to the characters who are jumping out to scare you want you to be scared. And they're, <laughs> when someone's just standing there and they're like, wah, wah, that's no fun for anybody. <laughs> 
Oh, were you acting then? You weren't actually scared? I wasn't acting. I was actually scared. <laughs> but like, you know, you get into it and like you shouldn't try to hold back from being scared. If someone jumps out and surprises you for you to be like, ah, like that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> are you a sociopath? <laughs> like, why are you not jumping? If something jumps out at you that has a huge like pair of scissors in its hands and a mask over its face, you're telling me that that just standing there, that's normal? That's, Literally, that's not normal? you describing it. I probably won't sleep tonight. So don't, I am not a good barometer here for figuring out whether or not that should be scary or not. It makes me worried that people like Brian who don't jump. <laughs> like what is wrong with you? Are you okay inside? Are you one of those people who doesn't yawn? when? <laughs> I just really like the idea that maybe Universal hires people to act scared to make the scare performers feel better about themselves. <laughs> I would be so good at that job. Is that SAG-AFTRA? Can I do it? It's a union. So the next maze that we went on was right next to the Us maze. It was recommended we go right to that one. And it was called The Curse of Pandora's Box. Yeah, this one was like demon themed. Like they were summoning demons. Uh, It was really scary. It was probably scarier. Like us was creepy. This one was scary. And, um, they used a lot of black light effects, which were really cool. Um, things were like the lights would change and suddenly you're seeing something completely different on the wall and the costumes were black light. And oh my gosh, one of the, um, ones that really got me was this room that was all black and had like orange black light polka dots all through in it. And you don't see that there's a guy standing up against the wall wearing an entire black suit with polka dots on it and he jumps out from the wall oh so scary it was like that movie when a stranger calls back or whatever it was oh my gosh that one got me but i would say that this maze is uh not for you if you're afraid of spiders uh yeah this uh there was a lot of spiders creepy crawlies i really enjoyed uh the vault the opening the door that opened in the beginning oh yeah yeah it's really cool production design in there it's really neat the way they did sound design which brian and i were talking about literally all night but i'll get into that even further when we talk about the ghostbusters mage because that one was probably the best use of sound design so brian did you react to this one yo listen i mean it's like somebody blowing an air horn you know in your ear as you're you know so of course (laughs) but yeah look the sound design part of it is that's that helps sell all of this you know i mean you would be scared Mm -hmm. if you just had your eyes closed walking through there it just it sounds great um, they figured out, I'm sure, just the right decibel level to, you know, not damage anybody, um, but also make it really scary. And it, that's all, it was all just impressive how they did all that. Another cool costume effect they had that they used in that maze in particular was long fingers, like fingernails. There were some of the characters were wearing and you so you'd kind of see someone and they you know that they're going to jump out at you or whatever, but they're far away. Oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, they're not far away. Their fingers are like right there, like <laughs> like, like in, in your, your face. face. You know, you're like, oh, if I squeeze over here, they can't get me. And no, their their fingers are going to reach all the way across. I'll give it to Six Flags, though, in terms of they had makeup where Halloween Horror Nights uses masks. The masks are phenomenal. That's like the one thing I think. <laughs> I'll give to Six Flags. But on over. the flip side, especially from the Us maze, they get super points for casting. Ugh, so if they so were just trying good. to find face characters that just look like people in movies, they did a 
phenomenal job of that. And with Ghostbusters. So they found a doppelganger for the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? On point. <laughs> So now we'll go to the Ghostbusters. You know, you go down three escalators and then have to walk pretty far to get there. And then once we're there, we realize Ghostbusters has an 80 minute wait. At this point, we're like, if there's one maze we're going to do, this is going to be it. So we got in that line. Thankfully, we got drinks ahead of time and they allowed you to have drinks in the line. Oh, that's good. They even had popcorn sellers and merch sellers. They had ice cream people like coming around and and selling ice cream to people and then they were selling yeah, the ice them cream for people sure. that was, they were not uh they were selling ice cream they were that was not they were not meant to scare you they were not dressed like melting ice cream cones <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that sounds like a maze clear. doesn't it the the, then we went people. on the ice cream people <laughs> and then once as you get close the haunted house is decorated on the outside like the firehouse <gasps> Oh, and that's so cool. There's a Rick Moranis like guy running around. Now these were all like uh not masks. These are face characters. These are actors. And it was he really was, that was really Rick Moranis. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he was great. He's got the voice and the whole thing, and the firehouse looked phenomenal. And then you go in. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not ready to go in yet. Hold whoa, on. You're not ready to go in. I have thoughts about this line. I'm so I have ready thoughts to go about in. the line. Let's hear so- it. Jessica was not happy. It's a long line. I understand. She's not a line kind of person. I don't wait for yeah, things. she's she's no. not a media, line person. Media swagger. She's used to the red carpet. <laughs> I will say it was a very unique experience being on the New York back lot with this, you know, soundstage that was meant to look like the outside of a firehouse that's in New York. And of course the yes. whole time you're hearing Ray Parker Jr. do his do his song. And they had Ghostbusters trivia up on the screens and they were showing the oh, little trailers right. for things. I forgot about so it that. really you know cool. like look, thirty minutes of it would have been awesome. Eighty minutes of it was like, okay, this is a little bit much. But I mean, in terms of a line to get into a maze, I can't think of a better experience. Yeah, that and honestly that was. If we had to wait right. for something, that was the one yeah. to wait for, for sure. Yeah, the line was good. Just the weekend before i just walked right on everything and of course you're just watching other people you know this is really like bringing her down like we really needed we needed to bring her down to earth and be like here's how the regular people i love front of the line pass mostly she's just she's complaining that i didn't keep her entertained for 80 minutes (laughs) shame on you brian shame on you i got a lot of ray parker jr trivia because brian has met ray parker jr just uh just an overall fan so i was just peppering in some ray parker jr trivia and uh, so that, that was fun. What's what's some of your Ray Parker Jr. trivia? Ooh, now you have to tell I don't us. Know if any of it is I worthy. didn't know that he played guitar. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's how little I knew about Ray Parker Jr. This is not Ray deep Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, like, right, it's not like deep cut trivia. It was like, hey, do you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> this musician plays the guitar. Did you know he played guitar for Stevie Wonder? Did you know that, Ashley? I didn't. I when did he not was know a that. teenager. Oh wow! All right, this is turning into a whole different podcast. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no. So <laughs> here we go. Now can I go in? Can, can, we, can I go, you go inside in now? Yet, okay. I feel I like feel I'm in now. line again. I feel good. Okay. <laughs> we go in, and oh my gosh, the very first thing is Janine at the desk answering Stop the it. phone, and she goes, "We got one!" <laughs> it hits the button, and the whole firehouse lights up, and here come the Ghostbusters. Great casting on her. Great job by her. Great job with the production design on this. And if you're a fan of Ghostbusters at all, 
there's so much in this maze for you. And it's long. It's not a short walkthrough. For the amount of time that we waited, I was pleased at how long this maze actually was. It was definitely more fun than scary at first. And I was like, is this going to be scary at all? And then suddenly everything's jumping out at me. (laughs) So it was definitely scary. I would say my hot tip for this maze is don't walk through it fast. There were some people in front of us like booking it through for some unknown reason. And we were looking around at everything. They did such a good job with this production design again with the sound design. But I was saying if you're a fan of the film, there were so many little Easter eggs throughout the maze. Like remember the card catalog yeah. from the very from like the opening moments of Ghostbusters. They had like card catalog with cards flying out of it. And there's like the electrocution guy and there's the lady from the library who changes from a woman to a scary old lady. Um, the Sedgwick Hotel. I mean, they had Slimer. Multiple times you saw Slimer, which was great because you want to see Slimer. Sigourney Weaver's character is in her uh, apartment and she's getting trapped by Zool on the chair. And, Dana. You know, Dana. Dana. Oh my gosh. There is no Dana, only Zool, of <laughs> course, right? So you're seeing Dana getting trapped by Zool and, you're, and she's an actor and she's screaming. You know, they didn't use robots for this. They used real people and she's screaming in her apartment, which is cool. And then I turn the corner and Zool scared the bejesus out of me. I remember being so scared of Zool when I was like six or seven. And I was like, when I turned the corner, I was brought right back to being a kid and seeing this Zool pop out at me, like out of the refrigerator, whatever. It was so great. And then when you see the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, if there's anybody who didn't see that and like cheer at the top of their lungs, like, I don't know you. Like, I, you're you're not my friend if you did, if you turned the corner and saw the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and like didn't cheer because that was amazing. Can we deviate for a second and say that Brian used to work at Universal in Orlando? It's a true story. At Nickelodeon Studios as a tour guide. Wait, what? That's true. Best and job you I ever had. Slime Best people? job I ever had. I slime people. Not only did I slime people, but my last day of work, they slimed me. And, and not just randomly, like in front of the, in front of my tour, which is like a hundred people. <laughs> and I really felt bad for the kids that were in the tour. Oh, because they didn't get slimed. <laughs> yeah, it's like usually you know you pick a lucky kid, and they're like, "Oh, it's Brian's last day. We're gonna slime him." I'm like, "Sorry, kids." Sorry, it's but my also turn. I get I get to be slimed. That's awesome. Yeah, best job I ever had. Was it really? Yeah, I mean, you would do this 45 minute long tour like maybe four times a day, and at the end of every tour, there's a bunch of kids asking for your autograph. Aww. Yeah, they were asking for your autograph. Totally, awesome. totally. Please tell me a better job than that. No, that sounds awesome. I loved that tour. It was so cool. So yeah, just a little deviation there. And now we're back to Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> <laughs> did they did they use the Nickelodeon studio for Halloween Horror Nights at all? I would feel like they would. No. It's such a good soundstage. No. Now it's the Blue Man Group Theater. R.I.P. Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad. Uh, after Ghostbusters. Wait, hold on. Wait, now we're going after Ghostbusters? You're moving on so quick. I really, I just want to do a whole podcast about Ghostbusters. I don't know. This is like Brian's bread and butter. This is his like thing. This is what you've been waiting for your whole life. happy at the Ghostbusters. That's all I I wanted to say. I have ever seen him so happy. That's all I wanted to say. He would have gotten back in that line. Easily. And gone again. Easily. Another 80 minutes happy. You Jessica did not make the happy happy face when I said that. They lower the price of the front of the line pass after 11 o'clock to like 50 bucks which is still really expensive but brian was like let's just check it out 
<laughs> Let's just see. And I'm pretty sure it was because you wanted to go back on Ghostbusters again, which I totally would have that done. That probably would have been the first awesome. thing I did with it. Yeah. So at this point, it's almost like 11, right? Because we went to the 1130 11, 11 when we got done with Ghostbusters. And it is really interesting seeing a theme park get busier at 11. It's a mm. weird experience because you're there at like 8 and it's dark and... People are like, it's going to get really busy and the lines are going to get, and you're like, you have a hard time believing it. And right. it feels like it peaks at like midnight. Mm-hmm. How late is it open? 1 a.m. But it was packed at 1. We were there at 1 and it was and packed. We it's not like it like slowly peters out. I mean, it was packed at 1 a.m. Yep. So we had to make some tough calls after Ghostbusters. <laughs> we had to make some deep cuts and decide <laughs> what we were going to do next. And we looked at the the wall and there was like a 120 minute wait for stranger things so that wasn't going to happen even frankenstein versus wolfman which i had heard was amazing creep show those had 60 minute 80 minute waits oh but there was one maze that had no wait and so we walked through that really quickly that was the all hollows evil (laughs) maze that's i don't even think listed on the list of mazes because i guess it's technically just like a scare zone walkthrough but it's a little bit separated it sort of reminded me of you know it was more of a no offense to the people who work this maze but it was more of a lower rent maze it was like like a blair witch kind of thing that you'd see at like your local <laughs> corn maze or just like some people in scary costumes kind of jumping out at you from behind trees that was a that was a deep burn on local corn mazes i know sorry <laughs> i just i don't i mean not everybody has all these media passes that you have jessica I had one media pass. What? <laughs> I will tell you the one time I went on a haunted hayride, like once, was on one of these, you know, backwoods country haunted hayrides. Right. And those are terrifying. It is scary. I feel like it's scarier to go to a non theme park haunted house because you don't know. There could really be a crazy person. But there's not going to be a crazy person on the Universal back lot. No, they have to go through so many security checks. (laughs) So much security and background. And they need to have, like, their credentials and a drug test. So Versus my, like, hometown haunted hayride where it's, like, my neighbor who volunteers to go. And you're not really sure if they're good enough to hold a chainsaw correctly (laughs) so then we went back to the upper level and we wanted to check out those mazes up there but but we decided uh it was time for a snack and it was about 11 30 so we went to see the 11 30 jabberwockies show so for those of you don't know everybody probably does but jabberwockies were on america's best dance crew and they had a residency in las vegas they are a really fun hip-hop dance crew this took place remember ashley when you and i went to universal and they did like the special effects show that was this theater (laughs) that was in this theater 15 minutes of fame i had a friend working in the show and i told him to pick ashley (laughs) it was fun i got to be captured by king kong just more more showing off your 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 media swagger (laughs) woman of the people shout out to to my friend damien he was very gracious enough to to hook jessica and i up with front of the line passes so we did get that's how i roll brian (laughs) that's how i normally roll impressive so the jabberwockies i don't know if it was because it was the 11 30 show and I, I hate to kind of be negative at all but i saw them in vegas and i was blown away and i'm such a fan of theirs this show didn't do it for me like it did in oh, vegas no. i love performers and i hate to not be a hundred percent about a show but maybe just my standards from seeing them in Vegas were high. I not only have not seen Jabberwockies before in Vegas, I I don't 
typically find myself in a lot of dance crew shows. See, I love dance shows. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to compare it to. But, you know, I thought the music was fun, and uh, I thought their their little shtick is clever. And I told Jessica, I was like, oh, look, you probably yeah. got the C team here because they were smart enough to go with this shtick where they all wear masks. So just like the Blue Man group, you know, we love to believe that there's only one Blue Man group, but there's probably, you know, 70 of them at any given time. There definitely is. I've seen the breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> They're always looking for new Blue Men. Do you think that that it was disappointing because you had just spent all of this time in these like really intense high production value mazes mm. well, and then like if you had done the Jabberwocky show first maybe also maybe maybe they would have been not tired like cuz that's part part of <laughs> yeah. what i was wondering is they have they had a lot of shows there was like a 6:15 a 7:15 an 8 like every hour they were they were doing a full show. So I was wondering if maybe they were tired and just maybe not hitting it as hard. What I think might have been sort of pulling at me was that we were realizing we were missing out on mazes from sitting there, from taking the time to sit there. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Because there were so many amazing mazes. It wasn't like we were trying to kill time. It was like we were trying to get in as much as possible. And this was sort of taking away from it. Let me let me wrap up the Jabberwockies real quick by saying that okay. it was better than any dance crew I've seen at my local corn mazes. <laughs> <laughs> there are, are there so many dance crews at your local corn? Is it like the local... Masked dance uh, crews. Like... The, the local Jabberwockies, you know. <laughs> the regional. hometown Jabberwockies. Yeah. Re the regional Jabberwockies. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for wrapping that up for us. We left the Jabberwockies and realized we, we could get in line probably for one more. And so right there uh, by the Minions was Holidays in Hell. And so we decided to do that one. And for me, this was actually the scariest maze of the night, if you can believe that. Really? Yep. The premise is simple. And kind of cool, actually. It starts at New Year's, and every section of this maze is the different holiday. So you've got New Year's, then you've got Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. You can imagine what that looked like, and Easter, and so on. So New Year's, you know, whatever. It was like, you know, kind of cute. And then you get to the Valentine's, and Cupid's kind of gross and coming after you, and he's scary, and there's bloody Valentine's and everything. And then, of course, St. Patrick's Day is a leprechaun. <laughs> Hold on, spoiler alert here. <laughs> As we approach St. <laughs> Patrick, like we're getting through Valentine's Day and you're getting the feeling that St. <sighs> Patrick's Day is next. Quote from Jessica, oh no, there's going to be leprechauns. <laughs> oh no. Well, we know that Jessica does not like clowns, so I feel Remember, like leprechauns probably fall the, under that similar the Jennifer category. Aniston leprechaun movie, is the leprechaun, whatever. Oh my gosh, I was so, I was not happy about that, but that wasn't the worst room. Can you guess what it was, Ashley? Was it? July 4th? Nope. Although that one, Brian goes, oh no, my favorite holiday. Was it Thanksgiving? And so it was like all these kids who'd like shot off their their hands with fireworks and stuff. It was pretty <laughs> gruesome. Like it was legit scary. But yes, you guessed it right. The scariest one for me was Thanksgiving. It was you suddenly walk into this room and you're like in someone's house. It looks it's very well designed. It looks really like someone's house at Thanksgiving, all decorated for fall. And 
at the table are all these dismembered humans and sitting in the chairs are scary, murderous turkeys. Wait, what? Yeah. As in like the tables have flipped and the humans are the food and their intestines and their heads and their body parts are the food and the turkeys are sitting at the table eating the humans. And then suddenly through the kitchen door with an apron on comes this huge murderous turkey trying to kill us for his Thanksgiving dinner. And as a vegetarian, this was my nightmare. It was one of those things where, like, I didn't even know that this was my nightmare, but this was my when it was happening. This giant turkey with like an apron on chasing you with a butcher knife. (laughs) With a knife. So, this maze was cool because it was actually indoors and outdoors. So, like, it was really long, obviously. I mean, they had many, many holidays to cover. (laughs) And um, at the end was, of course, Christmas. And I guess they really didn't do Hanukkah. What's that about? I just realized that. Hanukkah's, I mean, not nearly as scary as Christmas. There was no, like, menorah with dead people on it or something. Like, they really missed that. I don't know. It did go inside and outside. And it was neat because, you know, it's room temperature out here in uh, lovely L.A. So you didn't really notice unless you looked up. Uh, So I I enjoyed seeing, noticing when we were outside until Christmas. And then all of Christmas was outside. And it was really neat. It really opened up. And there was a bunch of Christmas trees with uh, scary elves and whatnot hiding behind them. They jump out and scare you. I I really lost Jessica here. Okay. That was because... (laughs) An angel, a scary angel, would not let me pass on stilts. Would not let me pass. Brian's just sitting there on his phone waiting for me to get, not helping me oh, at on all. On my phone. I was I was getting my camera ready to take photos of you. <laughs> Brian yeah. took that of me yeah. not being able to go out. And I had somehow I have my hands on both sides of my cheeks and I look like the scream emoji. Uh, Jess, just so you know, I while you were talking about the Thanksgiving turkey, I... I googled it and the turkey has a name. His name is Turkey Lurkey. No. Yes. <laughs> the turkey that chased me at Halloween Horror Nights has a no, name. No, but you put a name to it's it. Turkey this Lurkey. Is, this is not good. Now you put a name to it. <laughs> no, now she's going to have nightmares about Turkey Lurkey. <laughs> now he's coming for me in my nightmares. Listen, oh gosh, and I haven't eaten turkey since I was like 11. Oh. <laughs> So that was the last maze you guys did? That was it. We covered it all. You know what's really blowing my mind right now? And this is just uh, an interactive uh, moment for anybody at home. If you all, if you look at like the satellite version of the Universal Studios map, it looks like they're building a maze in that plaza. So they might have taken a satellite photo in, uh, in August or a September. They must spend it. It must take so much time to build these mazes because they're so intricate and the design and getting the extra actors and employees to be able to do this and the lighting. I mean, it's so super impressive as, as I keep, I hate to keep comparing it to Fright Fest, but I was really impressed with Fright Fest and I had so much fun. And then it was just like universal, just who is like another level of creativity with their mazes. Jessica, I must say, I was very curious, asked these same questions to myself after we went on Friday, and I did a little research. It's like when they start working on this. The answer is November. They start right away. Really? It's uh, it's all spearheaded by this guy named John Murdy. He's the creative director of Halloween Horror Nights, and he's been doing it since 2006 in Hollywood, and it is so intense, the work that goes into this. He he literally writes all of the mazes and works with production designers and artists and 
costume designers and it takes all year long. Yeah, that I knew. All year long to put up. Well, and Brian, I mean, you would know from the work that you do, like the planning that must go into this to to execute it. It must, it has to take a full year, right? I mean, there's so many details and the logistics and the building of all of it because I'm assuming you guys weren't in sound stages where you like, like you said, the holidays one was outside or part of it was outside. No, all the sound stages are being used in Hollywood where in yeah. Orlando, most of them yeah. are being used. So <laughs> sometimes those are actually on sound stages. At least actually, like- have you been tracking how many different things Jessica has thrown shade at on this podcast? <laughs> Lo- local local what? corn mazes. Was that shade? The Jabberwockies. <laughs> now, uh, Orlando sound stages. I mean, Orlando's not using their sound stages because <laughs> they don't film anything there anymore. So they don't. You're not wrong. <laughs> they they film? don't. I'm saying here in Hollywood, they need every inch of space. So this is the the platinum age of television. That's <laughs> so true. They no, they do actually. Their, they need them all. So for those of you interested in Universal Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights tickets, it's running from now till November 3rd, and tickets are available at hhntickets.universalstudioshollywood.com. They range from about $64 for general admission all the way up to, if you want the Express Pass, it's like... 149 there's all different levels but it can and you can even get an r.i.p tour this year instead of vip they call it r.i.p and <laughs> that's awesome yep get tours of the mazes which i would love oh. to do that i would love to see the mazes during the day and just be able to take my time and go through them with a the tour guide and having them tell me everything about the maze. Also, for those of you who live here in California, you can get multi-night passes, 11 nights, 25 nights, or up to 32 nights. So if you, which, you know, I would totally go again and I could have a completely different experience because we were really only able to do four mazes and there's so much else I didn't get to do, like the killer clowns maze and stranger things. So I don't know. I would totally go again. And if you're a pass holder, like Brian Cavallaro is, you can see that you get uh, a discount on your Halloween Horror Nights ticket. I feel like you guys should do this again, but you should go on Throwback Thursday. We totally failed by not going I didn't know about it until we were in the park. and I'm, I was looking at the map, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. That looks awesome. Do you guys remember the Beetlejuice stage show at Universal Orlando. You mean Bill and Ted's? No, 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 no. There was a, there was oh, a the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice stage show. Oh, yeah, I do, because we knew my roommate played the the Bride of Frankenstein. I would just like to say for the record that Jessica just threw shade at the Beetlejuice show. <laughs> She's like, you mean a I Bill was... and Ted's? <laughs> no, that's a separate show. <laughs> I was trying to remember it, and, and then as soon as you said it, I remembered my roommate was the Bride of Frankenstein. That is a weird thing to forget. Yeah. <laughs> That is the that's the best part of going to school in Orlando. It's 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 saying things like that, having that like, oh, I I forgot my roommate was the Bride of Frankenstein. For anybody wondering, it was called Beetlejuice's Graveyard Mashup, and it started in May 1992 and it closed in January 2016. So it actually wow. wasn't that, that long was ago. That was a good show. That was a musical. And was uh, a- it was replaced by Fast and Furious Supercharged. Well. I think we've gotten to the end of Halloween Horror Nights. Let's wrap up, I guess, our final thoughts on it, and then we'll do five questions. Well, let's check in with Brian and make sure he feels like we didn't go too far ahead for <laughs> Can him. Can we talk more about Ghostbusters? <laughs> 
<laughs> it is neat seeing the premiere or whatever, the red carpet night for Halloween Horror Nights. How many people show up? Dan Aykroyd was there. I love the idea of him walking through it and what you know, wondering what he thinks about it. It sounds like they did a really good job of it, too. Oh, so Plus, good. unless you're on the backlot tour or the studio tour in the tram, how often do you get to actually physically walk on the backlot? Yeah. yeah. Never. But, like, literally, like, it doesn't matter how what you're doing in this industry, you still are sort of starstruck by the theme parkness Ugh. of it all, right? Like, so... It's I so I cool. did like go with a, an actor to the Steve Harvey show on the back lot of Universal Studios, and the whole time I was like, "This is where the tram goes." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all I could think about. And I saw the tram, and I was like, "Look at the tram, Jessica! You've been back there for work too. Same. You, you just kind of like, I can know, I sneak on the tram was... and then maybe go on the Jurassic <laughs> Park ride? That's all you're thinking about." When I shot my episode of Parenthood, they, the tram was going by right where my trailer was. Like, it goes right by where they have all the Parenthood trailers. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the tour. Like- and the tour people <laughs> wave to you because they think they're, you're somebody they should wave to. Like, I know. And I waved back. I was like, this is so cool. They, they can see my parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Universal... Hollywood, not to diss Universal Orlando. I'm not throwing shade Universal Orlando. I love Universal Orlando, but I'm just saying that Universal Hollywood is, you know, it it definitely is a really cool piece of Hollywood history. I mean, the tour was set up there so that you could see all of the working studios that was happening. Then the theme park was built around it. And you can totally tell because it's, there's, it's just not a place for a theme park. It's clearly like on the side of a mountain and they just sort of built it around this awesome tour. And there's not even a universal resort. There is a Hilton and a Sheridan. And that's it. <laughs> Where like in the one in Orlando, like that is built to be beautiful theme parks over there and have tons of resorts and all of that. So anyway, I just love it. If you are a history buff, if you're really into movies and uh, old, like the studio system, and uh, Universal is a really cool place to be because it is one of the few places where, if you're at the theme park, you can actually look down into the back lot and, and see all the sound studios. stages. Yeah, and you take don't, the tour. When you're and all on that. the tour, you might drive by like something actually yeah. filming. You likely will. So I would say Halloween Horror Nights. Check it out. Do it. If you love films, if you love movies, especially if you love the movies, <laughs> Ghostbusters and Us, get to Halloween Horror Nights this year. You got to see you, it. I think you can't discount how cool it is to just have an alcoholic beverage standing in a back lot of Universal Studios. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to have that kind of access. Yeah. It's worth it just for that. And, and, and the immersive nature of being standing inside of a movie. It's so cool. This is the heart of Universal Studios, right? Ride the movies. Brian, are you ready for this? This is, uh, we, we always, you're our second guest, we always <laughs> ask our guests these five questions at the end of a podcast. Uh, what's your favorite Disney park? Uh, I'm glad you emailed me earlier to tell me you were going to be asking this <laughs> because I would have squirmed and not been able to come up with an answer, but you gave me all day to think about it. So if you're going to put a gun to my head, I will say Magic Kingdom. Reason or just, you know, it's really hard to go with anything else. And, you know, Epcot's in a bit of a transitional moment right now. Animal Kingdom is pretty amazing for what it is, but it's, uh, it's, it's not the Magic Kingdom. Um, and again, and also MGM Studios is, a, is a, in a bit of a transition. And MGM Studios, or I'm sorry, Hollywood Studios. It'll always be MGM to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. We do that too. Um, 
even though it's got a special place in my heart and it's got some cool stuff or whatever, it's probably maybe not as cool as Universal Studios. And Magic Kingdom itself, like I, I like the scope and the idea of all the, the resorts that are close to it and the monorail system that runs through it. All those things that make it maybe a little bit grander than Disneyland. What's your favorite theme park ride? Splash Mountain. Over Back to the Future? Ooh, we're digging into the past. We can go into all well, time. It could be anything. Any yeah, theme park All ride. time. Even your, you know, local county fair <laughs> my, theme park. But my local corn <laughs> maze Ferris maze. wheel. There's a corn <laughs> yes. maze Ferris wheel that I really enjoy. Uh, man, Back to the Future ride was, was pretty special. But it, it had it served its purpose and its time had come. So I understand what was going on there. It's very hard to to tell a story that takes place in two thousand fifteen and have that expect that thing to be running in two thousand and nineteen. So you're saying it's hard to go back in time. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Huey Lewis don't So Splash Mountain it is. Splash Mountain. You guys are really trying to make me second guess my decisions here. Third question. Favorite non Disney park? Are you going to say Universal? Because we just did a thing. On but, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, my favorite in this category is Islands of Adventure. Yes. Any particular reason why? I was lucky enough to be living in Orlando around the same time Jessica was when that park opened. And it just seemed really implausible at the time. Because I don't – what was like the best – the best rides that were open at this point were like, yeah, it was like it felt like it was Space Mountain. There wasn't really very technologically advanced rides, and so when I was Adventure open, you felt like that changed the game. It was pretty neat, and it was cool to oh, be there living so there at much. that time. So this next one's interesting, Brian. Any Disney claims to fame? I've been lucky. I've had some cool Disney experiences. So yeah, I have had, had uh, the chance to work in and around the parks for different things, different jobs, directing some things. And uh, I had an opportunity to go in the tunnels underneath Magic Kingdom. <gasps> Stop that it. That was pretty cool. And it was one of those oh, things, too, awesome. where we were just kind of walking from point A to point B, and nobody was making a big fuss about what we were doing. They were just like, oh, we got to go over here for this meeting. And we're like walking a room. And <laughs> I was so confused because we just you know walked into a, a building, and we're going down a staircase. And I was like, what's happening? I guess. I don't know. And you open up a door, and then there's just this long corridor ahead of you. And I was like, oh, I'm here. This is the thing. I'm in the thing. And then I'm like, can I bring out my phone and take some video? Are people going to yell at me? What's happening? You know, you, you grow up with this lore of this thing existing. And uh, it was pretty pretty wacky to see it in person. That was pretty amazing. Hey, Brian, any questions for us? So what do you think about this conversation happening now about, you know, Epcot going through its little transition that it's going through, and it's becoming more sort of IP-based, movie-based, they're kind of pushing some things in there, like Moana and Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you guys have opinions on this as theme park cats? What do you think about this kind of movement that's happening? I do. I got to go to D23 and hear the announcement and then walk through some of their plans. They had a whole section in the convention center in Anaheim about what they're planning on doing at Epcot. And I'm sold. First of all, I love Epcot, uh, of course, and I've always been a fan of it. And I've always really loved the idea that it's a park about the future and moving forward to the future and when that happens there you know you have to make sure when you when you're going to have a a theme park based on the idea 
of the future, you have to make sure it stays updated. And so Spaceship Earth needs an update. It can't be the type of park that lives and gets dusty. You know what I mean? It always has to be moving forward. And I actually love the idea of a Guardian's ride. And I mean, a Moana ride, while it doesn't necessarily make sense for the future, maybe, I love Moana and I love the idea of there being more at Epcot for kids uh, because right now, you know, it's I, I think it's more tailored to adults, you know, except they've thrown in the frozen ride where the treacherous tricky trolls were in <laughs> Norway, but put Moana in there. If they do something about like cleaning up the oceans, climate change, I mean, this, these, that could be great. I like that. And that could be leading us towards the future. So I, I think Epcot, you always learn something when you're at Epcot, right? Where the other parks are kind of more about fun. At Epcot, you're inspired and you're learning about the future. And so. If I think Guardians and Moana kind of can fit that, depending on how they spin them. So let's do it. All right. Good answer. One more question. You can't, there's no conversation. You're just going to say one word answer. You ready? <laughs> in Epcot, favorite country to drink in? UK. Baby Guinness. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that's two words. That's three words. <laughs> <laughs> UK, baby Guinness. <laughs> Yeah, that's mine. That's mine. Oh, this is so hard. I have a second. Second is Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need. Can we just put them in the order in which we like Third. to drink? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Third is Canada. Fourth is Norway. So to go back to your other question, Brian, before I answer this, I feel like I'm with Jessica. I'm all for the new stuff. I think there are parts of Epcot that I have a lot of really good memories and very very particular things like I loved interventions when it was at its heyday and um, when Captain EO was there like as a kid we used to go all the time so there are certain things that I'm sad that have moved on and they're changing but I'm also happy to see that Disney is being thoughtful about the changes um and i'm also really excited to see those giant those giant like statue things everybody's faces yeah, are on like the spikes including in sync i don't know mm-hmm. where they're going but they're they're good. legacy the legacy thing stones yep. yeah it's a living monument to sort of like a mistake that was made right <laughs> <laughs> hey at least so... they took the epcot and the the wand off of spaceship earth yeah. at some point yeah. um i would say italy is my favorite country mm-hmm. to drink in but that's because i have a lot of very good memories there Brian, you have been an incredible guest. How can our listeners find you? Uh, I believe my Instagram handle is at Brian Cavallaro. And that's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-V-A-L-L-A-R-O. Wow, that's pretty good. Pretty good. You can find on there uh, Instagram photos of me hanging out with Disney luminaries like Sabrina Carpenter and Ariel Winter. (gasps) So cool. I know those are those are by far that's how I got Instagram followers. You you, you post like one photo with Megan Trainer and your your followers go up fast. And also a really fun photo of you with Bradley Cooper. So it's true, it's true. What's uh what's his Disney connection? Voice of Rocket. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he kind of hosts a an attraction now at this point, right? The Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, ride. He He's, does. Oh my gosh. Everybody's got a Disney connection. At some point. He's so great. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, fam- so famous for being the voice of Rocket in the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah, has nothing to do with any of his other work. Yeah. That is That's what he's known for. So if you have any comments and thoughts for Ashley and I, reach out to us on our website, 
We are at MainStreetInspirations.com or you can find us on Instagram at MainStreetInspirations. We are the theme parkettes. You can reach out to us individually at actor Jessica Gardner or at Happy Go Ashley. And if you see me crouching in the corner of a maze or if you find me at my local corn maze not having a good time at all, (laughs) come and say hi to us. Remember, you can sit with us. Thanks, everybody. And thanks, Brian. Thank you, guys. This is the longest podcast we've the recorded. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, go back. More Ghostbusters. More <laughs> Ghostbusters. I need to talk more about the line. <laughs> <laughs>